I think later I, I took even like another three or four minute nap. It was, it was just like sleepy. I got yeah. the sleepies. Yeah. So that was a big, big issue I was trying to overcome. So my friend Edie that I spoke about earlier was pacing me and she bent down. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of like on a ridge. She bent down to tie her shoe in the middle of the night. And I leaned against a tree that must've been like, I don't know, six inches round and promptly fell asleep. <laughs> And she, she freaked out because she was like, this is a cliff. You cannot fall asleep against the street. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. Today, we got a great show. Got a treat for you. We got my friend from South Louisiana, Fawn Hernandez. Fawn recently completed the 223-mile Washita Trail FKT. Yeah, beast. Her and her husband, uh, Justin, are both strong ultra runners. Just all-around awesome humans. I, I love those guys. Man, we cover a lot of ground in this episode. Fawn had planned this FKT, and uh, she suddenly lost lost her dad and you know she questioned whether she would do this at all or not and uh, anyway I love how we, we talk about how she focused herself and got to the start for her dad and man we talk about all the goodness of the uh, her running background how she trained how she planned uh, and how she ultimately achieved her goal of getting this FKT lots of good stuff here and before we get started we want to thank our sponsors First, the Screaming Monkey 100. The Screaming Monkey 100 has become known as the preeminent race in North Louisiana. This event is located on the Monkey Trails. I mean, how can you go wrong on Monkey Trails? This mountain bike course near Shreveport. It's got 11 miles of challenging hilly and technical single track. The race director added another 4.5 miles of perimeter logging road, gravel, and pavement to make it a varied and interesting 15.5 mile loop. Runners can choose in their distance from 10K all the way up to 100 miles. Now listen to this. This is what makes this race unique. It's nestled between an abandoned prison, a veteran cemetery, and a national chimpanzee museum. You can hear the chimps caterwaul during the race. Uh, you can listen to the calming tones of the bells that chime in the cemetery and run in the shadows of an abandoned guard tower. <laughs> totally cool. The Screaming Monkey 100 can be found on ultrasignup.com. And the listeners of this show... Listen, this is the only discount for this race. It's a 10% discount. Use the code RUNTHERIOT123. That's R-U-N-T-H-E-R-I-O-T-1-2-3. And get a 10% discount for this race. Check that out. Hey, and it's a buckle with a monkey on it. How cool is that? All right. Also, we're brought to you by T8.run. The letter T, the number 8.run. It's gear for ultra runners, by ultra runners. And like I always say, they're commando shorts. It's a lining you wear underneath your running shorts, and they're guaranteed to keep you chafe free. Um, they have other gear on that site also, so go to www.t8.run and use the code 50-runtheriot. That's the number 50-runtheriot for a discount. And last but not least, we're brought to you by Runner's World Tulsa. Uh, if you're coming through the Tulsa area and you need something, or if you're in the Tulsa area, you need some shorts, you need some packs, you need some bottles, you need some sunglasses, man, just about anything to do with running, they've got it. If you're not sure what you need, ask them. They'll know what you need and they'll help you get it. If you're not in the R Tulsa area, you can go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com and see what they've got there. They've also got a list of races that you can check out. And uh, also, guys, 
If you want to help out the podcast, I'd love uh, if you would get on Apple Podcasts and rate the show, give it a five-star rating, a little something of what you like about it. Man, that helps us out tremendously. Um, and also, if you go to www.runtheriot.run, there's a Patreon link if you'd want to uh, if you want to help out with that. That's just where, um, I don't know, where you can get throw a couple bucks a month our way and it helps with just, uh, you know, keeping things going. All right, well, we got a lot to talk about now with Miss Fawn Hernandez. Check it out. Well, today on the Run the Riot podcast, we have a friend of mine. She's in South Louisiana and she's been doing some uh, some big things. Just got a big FKT that we're going to talk about. And I want to welcome her to the program. Fawn, welcome to the Run the Riot podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's like a dream come true to be on your podcast. <laughs> well, you know, you made it now, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so here's the here's the question I want to ask you. Uh, your name is your name is Fawn, but I, I've been you know over the years I've seen all these Starbucks cups with different things that they've written on, <laughs> on the cups instead of Fawn. So, yeah. um, so what's your favorite ones? Um, I've gotten a lot of good ones. You know, of course, I've gotten like Dawn and Lauren and not very exciting things, but I've gotten uh, Fawn spelled phonetically like P-H-A-U-N. I thought that was pretty creative. Um, I got Prawn one time, P-R-A-U-N, and I'm short, so I kind of felt like, was it on purpose? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And then my, my favorite one by far was from the Atlanta airport. They put fun, F-U-N. Oh. And I was like, okay, I feel seen and understood. Thank you, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> well, I jotted down here because I remember seeing Sean, and you're yep. definitely not a Sean. And uh, no. was now the, the name that uh, that you get called quite a bit, did it come from a Starbucks? Fern? Fern did not. Actually, sort of jumping ahead here, but um, Liz Wooster, who, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures yet from my run, but there's a big finish sign that uh, has made its circuit to different runs. Um, well, it's misspelled. It's F-I-N-S-H. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that was a Liz mistake. I'm not sure. I'm like totally calling her out publicly. But she uh, she actually for one of her a race she used to put on, she had put fern Um, which is what people now call me a lot. She had put fern on my bib and I was like, Liz, look at my bib. And she looked at it and she said, what? So that's not my name. (laughs) And she's like, Oh, well, you're right. That's okay. You're fern now. (laughs) Nice. So all credit to Liz. All right. Well, okay. I, 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 I think I maybe knew that, but forgot about it. And, uh, so, uh, everybody just have a moment of silence for, um, <laughs> for all the names that Fawn has had to deal with. So when I, when I looked you up on ultra sign up though, I was surprised that when you type in Fawn, there's, there's, there's a actually, a, yeah, there's a few Fawns. So yeah. I don't know, maybe there should be like a Fawns anonymous or something where y'all can get together. Well, and, you know, I like to say like, of course there's a lot of Fawns on ultra sign up cause we pr- enjoy frolicking in the forest. So that's where we <laughs> unite. Go. There you go. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we didn't, you know, come here to talk just about your name, but I had to, had to bring that up. So, so Fawn, I remember um, when you and I met, um, it was, I think, I'm pretty sure it was at Chico and, um, 
you were in uh, partially your name is memorable. So yeah. Hey, this is okay. So I, I remembered Fawn. Um, I think we were, we were running a loop at Chico or running a section of it and you were there uh, with Edie and uh, you know, was a group of us out there. And I, I think that's when we first met and I was like, okay. Um, and since then, I, I don't remember if you were just kind of really getting into trail running or whatever, but since then you've, done a bunch of stuff. And so, um, share from, from your perspective, you know, so, so everybody knows where you're coming from. Like, how did you go from start, started running and then, and then fall in love with the trails? Um, yeah. So what happened was a friend of mine, uh, I was 26 at the time and a friend of mine told me she signed up for a half marathon, which of course I didn't even know how many miles that was. Uh, and when she told me I was, I was floored. I was like, 13 miles. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I kind of responded probably, I'm sure I said something along the lines of like, I don't like to drive that far. Or yeah. One of those things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought about it and um, I think I was about six months away from my 27th birthday. And I thought to myself, you know, that would be something to really try. Um, I thought I was going to probably hate it, but I thought what a great um, sort of disciplined way of, um, just trying something hard and, and uncomfortable. Um, so I trained for that half marathon. Uh, I met, you know, a bunch of people along the way, um, did the half marathon. I cried, my, both my parents and my husband were there. It was really a wonderful experience. Um, and, you know, long story short, like all of us crazies, uh, found that instead of hating it, I loved running. Um, so I definitely stuck with it. Soon ran a marathon. Um, in the, in the middle of all of that, I went to just like a local group run, which I was terrified of. I was sure, you know, somebody was going to critique what I was wearing, my form, my pace. And, you know, I mean, you know, you used to live here, so, you know, with the people at these group runs, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Their dogs are there, like, ready to love you. Um, they're ready to buy you a beer and welcome you into the community. And so that's kind of what happened. And um, some of those people at the group, the first group when I ever went to, just said, hey, we're going to, on a trail run next week, and you want to come with us. Didn't know trail running existed. Didn't quite know what it meant. But I said, okay, sure. Um, so that's how, you know, I kind of just got into it. And then over time, I, I kind of ramped up. But, um, yeah, it's kind of by, by accident, really. Nice. Well, did you, uh, and, and I don't know this, um, did you do any sports, you know, do you have a background in sports or anything from school? Oh yeah. I played uh, a lot of sports growing up. So I played, um, primarily basketball and softball were in my sports. I played, um, like tournament ball for both of those, um, through, through high school. Um, and then in college I didn't now, I wish I would have, you know, um, pursued some options. I just assumed like I couldn't do any of that stuff in college. So, um, stopped, didn't do much in college. Um, so I kind of started back up after college. Nice. Nice. Well, um, so, uh, what was your, uh, I don't know, what was your first marathon? Which one was it? Um, it was actually uh, rock and roll in new Orleans with Stephanie Fournette, uh, nice, John nice. Robidoux's wife. So, which was a great experience. I had no business running a marathon at that point. I had run my first half, like, I don't know, a month before or something. I think Stephanie and I ate like the same amount of food I've eaten on hundred milers. Um, <laughs> we just like, you know, we, we were so worried we wouldn't get enough calories in that we'd bonk or hit that wall that we'd heard about. So uh, we had a great time though. It was such a cool experience to, to do with her. Um, so that was my first marathon. That that was actually a pretty kind of tough marathon. Cause it, just the, the, the concrete, yeah. the roads are 
hard. And uh, if you get a, a misty morning because of the oil on the road, you s- just slip and slide a lot. Like you got to, I don't know. It's, it's not an easy one for sure. It's one of the tough. Yeah. Ones when they, there. they, the second half of that race. So uh, it's rock and roll New Orleans. The second half, they send you basically to the lake shore. So if it's windy on the lake, um, you're just battling that the whole time. And I want to say you end up doing just on the second half alone, like six to eight overpasses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it, it really truly is the second half for a marathon is, is, is challenging. Cause of course it was a little windy that day and you know, we had the overpasses, but, yeah. but we had a great time. O- overpasses slash Louisiana Hills. Yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, how, how did, so, so it being your first, I always like to ask this about a first marathon. How, how did your body, like, how did you feel afterwards? How did you, uh, your body recover and, and all that? Oh, I felt awful. Um, I, in, I had some kind of injury in one of my, my, my right foot, I believe. Um, like I said, I had no business running this marathon. So, um, I had a little bit of injury, my body, like, you know, my muscles, everything hurt and was sore. Walking was like so challenging the next few days. Um, it really, I like, I, I fared worse from my first marathon than I did about the adventure we're going to eventually talk about. Uh, so I was, I was pretty beat up. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, and, and and that's the case a lot of times. And and then, um, do you find now that you run trails, do you find also that uh, the roads beat you up more than than trails? Uh, I think it depends on what what we're talking about. So you know, of course, like those stabilizers, and and in Louisiana, we don't have any even our roads. Everything's flat. So yeah. um, often when I'm running trails, there's some. Um, climbing and descending and things that just don't get on a normal basis. So some of those stabilizer muscles, of course, uh, I feel a lot more in trails. Um, But as far as that, like um, the pounding, the, joints, Yeah, for sure. Nice. Well, um, so you, you did the marathon, you started on, on the trails. Um, what was your first foray into um, ultra distance? Um. So not quite sure on the time span, um, but let's see. I eventually did, uh, it must've been the next year. So I decided I was going to do, so Edie, a good friend of ours who's been on your podcast, she was putting on her first um, Red Dirt Ultra, Mm -hmm. which is 50K, 100K, and 100 miler. And I just thought, you know, Edie's a good friend of mine. I thought, man, this would be, a really cool um, time to try for my first ultra um, and it being her first race. So I decided to do the hundred K. I just jumped right all over to hundred K. So that year I did uh, the New York city marathon. And then the next weekend went to the 50 K at wild hair. Nice. Um, and then, and that's in November wild hair is in Texas. Um, and then in February did the hundred K um, at red dirt. Right. Well, and you did the, you did the wild Azaga challenge in between that too, in January, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, we... I'm, I'm cheating. I got your ultra sign up in front of me. <laughs> oh good. And it's like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I just don't want to forget any of the good stuff. We um, love the wild Azalea trail. Um, I like that race. So we, we try to do it most years whenever we're available. Man, I haven't, I haven't done it. I mean, I've hiked it before, but I haven't done the the race and mm-hmm. I know it's, it's low key and they've got the, uh, the dirt bike, uh, you know, mountain bike yeah. race going on, uh, with it too. And, um, I, I need to make a, that's an excuse to get down there and visit, but, uh, yeah, yeah. that's good. It's, it's great. Good, yeah. good group of guys that put it on. Yeah. So, so you did that hundred K and, um, you know, it was the first, first, the inaugural red dirt. We were all involved, I think in, uh, in yes. getting that 
set up and it, it was a blast. It's like a, you know, family out there. Um, and so, man, that's a big jump, you know, from 50 K you doubled it to a hundred K. Um, but, uh, as I remember, uh, you handled it pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. how'd you, uh, you know, how'd you feel with it and, uh, you know, your body, your planning and everything. Uh, it went exceptionally well. Um, it, it went much better than I thought it was going to. I did, you know, I'm an over planner. I love spreadsheets. Um, in my day job, I'm over operations. Um, so, you know, my brain just gravitates towards like logistics and planning. So definitely over planned. Um, my pacers, I had two pacers um, that each covered about 15 miles with me, but like I took them to lunch. I like this delicious Indian restaurant. I mean, I was like, I, I was ready. Um <laughs> But uh, anyway, so we take off. I'm feeling great. Get to run with my friend Tara Bro, who you know for the first loop. She was doing her first uh, 50k. Sorry, um, but you know there were some really great lessons in that race. So I finished well ahead of my goal time. Um, I performed well. My attitude stayed great. I never, uh, you know, questioned myself or got down on myself. Um, but one one takeaway I had from it was I had sort of mapped out like my my pacing. Um, based on like this goal I had, which was a conservative goal, which I thought was the right thing to do since it was my first one. Yeah. But what I ended up doing is going out too conservatively. Like I would make myself walk when I felt totally fine because I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm too ahead of schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, and it felt like the right thing to do because you don't know what mile 50 and on is going to feel like. Yeah. But when I finished, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't leave it all out there. I'm, I, you know, I'm so grateful for how it ended yeah. up and I think I even like placed because there wasn't a lot of people running that year but um anyway yeah. it was a great it was a great experience but it was also like okay well like how do I how do I give a little more to the effort next time and yeah. sustainably yeah well well uh, while we're talking about uh red dirt you had some other experiences in between but you did red dirt 100k again this year yeah. and uh you did you I mean you feel like you you took advantage of those lessons and I mean well you had a lot of lessons you probably learned between the two but you came out and you won it so yeah. you know second overall first female that's <laughs> improved your time by like what an hour yeah yeah that's that's huge <laughs> yeah when and what's really cool is um so I ran that 100K and then the next week and I ran the 50K um, at the Mississippi MS50, which yeah. is also a really great uh, sort of legacy race. But um, in both, uh, and particularly the 100K race, my goal was to manage my effort. Like if it ever felt hard, I made myself walk. So it was almost the opposite of like, because I was training for this FKT, I needed to understand, um, like really be able to tune into my body and say like, like pretend I was on the FKT attempt. Yeah. Yeah. So I used it to like to pull back whenever I felt like I was trying to race a little bit or um, yeah. to really manage my nutrition, deal with any problems. And then, you know, the question was, how do I feel the next day? Did I do a good job? Am I like totally dead the next day? You know, so, um, yeah, I improved a lot. But also that was like a really conservative effort as if it was going to be my first day of my FKT attempt. That's cool. That's cool. And we'll, we'll get to that, to the FKT in a minute. Cause I want to build up to, um, and, uh, you're, you're kind of the, the, I don't know, I guess your progression, uh, your first hundred miler was Chattanooga, right? 
2017, 100 miles, Chattanooga. Was that the first year of that race? If I, do, it was. Okay. So, so you got out there. Tell me about, tell me about that. Now this is, this is uh, new terrain for you. This is, this is mountain stuff. Um, first year race. Um, you're a planner. Um, how'd you plan and, and what went right? What went wrong? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely, you know, planned, um, there's a lot. What went right is that I finished the dang thing. Uh, <laughs> but there was a lot that that race in particular, out of all my races, I learned so much from. Um, I uh, let's see. Right after nightfall, I got lost for a little while and um, ended up, you know, figuring myself out and meeting up with a group. But it really freaked me out. And because I got lost, I had also ran out of water. Um, so I just really sort of lost confidence in myself or like my ability to do this solo. And I hadn't really ever thought about that before, but just all of a sudden it was more just like a raw response of like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to be here by myself. Cause yeah. like that was a really scary experience. So I, um, started running with a really experienced guy, just met him on the trail. We enjoyed talking with each other. Um, and I really, at that point, effectively like gave up the reins to my race. Not that he was asking for them, but I just was like, I'm just do whatever he does. Cause he's so experienced. So he's going to know uh, what to do. But, you know, as hundred milers can do, he didn't have his best hundred mile experience mm-hmm. either. Like he's, he wasn't feeling well and stuff. So ultimately, um, you know, I would say that all, all night and half of, or the morning of the next day, I kind of was just like, whatever that person was doing, I was doing without any thought about what do I want out of this experience? How am I feeling? Um, You know, what's the right decision for me in this moment? It's kind of like backpackers have hike your own hike. This is kind of like, I I forgot I was supposed to be running my own run. Yeah. And he was awesome. It was not just, just in in case there's any way that it sounds like I'm blaming him or anything. He was being super supportive and um, all of that. But, you know, it was a really, um, for my sort of personality, it was a really big lesson Mm -hmm. of like, I'm responsible for me and in this life really. But, uh, but, you know, also like in these races, it's, um, it's great to be able to link up and connect with people. That's, that's the great part about what we do, right. This trail running community is amazing. Um, but you know, at times you have to say, okay, like what's best for me now is to keep moving forward. Um, and I didn't do that until pretty much the end of the hundred miler. Um, and so I did a lot more walking than I should have. So I was hurting in a way that I shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't run as much as I should have. My poor crew and pacers were like soldiers because I kept them out there for a long time. Um, so really it was, I finished, which is amazing, but I, I definitely, it was one of those races that I was like, I don't, I don't like how I did that. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want to do differently next time. No, that's, I mean, that's, but it's huge. If you, if you do go into a race and, and you don't, I mean, I, I don't know from every race, even, even ones where you feel like you fired on all cylinders, it, there's always something to learn and it's huge. I run your own races is, is, is huge for, for two reasons. One, just for what you said, you know, latching onto somebody and, and, you know, uh, that where you could have done better, but also, you know, um, even if you're trying to race and somebody goes out hard and you're like, well, I need to No, this is not my plan, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. unless your plan is to let somebody pull you a little bit and <laughs> find you a rabbit, but you know, run, run what you're capable of and, and be strong, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a huge lesson to learn on your, on your first hundred. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, but, but you got it done and that's, yeah. you know, that's the, you know, the most important part now. Um, okay. We're going to ask the question, how'd you feel after it physically? I felt definitely felt rough after that one, especially cause you know, I trained to run a lot more of that race. And whenever you end up hiking as much as I did, uh, my body was just ill prepared for it. So I was hurting. I definitely had, um, I don't know if you have this after, actually, I think we've talked about this before where, um, that the night after or the sleeping after, I mean, like major night sweats, the legs kick in, um, just your internal, your endocrine system, everything was just really mad at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that first night when you get back, you think, Oh, I'm going to sleep so well. It, just, no. it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, hey, did you get, uh, did you get the shakes? On after that this one? one or yeah. That? Uh, after, after that one, I mean, or do you, after a hundred, after your hundred miles, did, did you get the shakes? Um, do you mean like kind of temperature shakes or just body? Yeah, kind of your body, but it, it feels like maybe you're cold and you start kind of shivering and, and, and it's not necessarily cause you're cold. You just, you know. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't recall doing that. I definitely, uh, um, I was listening earlier to, um, one of your latest, um, I can't remember what the guy's name is. Uh, it was the love it podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about the the temperature regulation, basically. Yeah. Um, that definitely was off for me. Like yeah. I'd be cold when it was not cold or hot when it wasn't hot, you know? Yeah. It's so weird. Like, uh, I don't know, um, pictures during a race, like sometimes you got, you know, during the same day or whatever, you got gloves on or gloves off, jacket on, jacket. It's like, exactly. you know, what is going on? You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Your body just does, does weird stuff. But well, anyway, so, so you, you, you did that and, um, you know, you, you had some other races in between, but you went back even after that, um, experience, you went back to Chattanooga and, Mm -hmm. and it never clicked for me that you, you raced it twice. So you felt like you was, was the reason for choosing it. You wanted to go back and try to get it right. Is that. Yeah, I think I wanted a little bit of redemption. Um, I do like that area also. Uh, the town of Chattanooga is is really wonderful. Um, and then I, I like the trails. I like the, that technical stuff. Um, it's also a drivable race for us. It's about eight hours, I think, from here or maybe 10. Um, and also, you know, my crew had a comfort level with it, yeah. um, like my husband and stuff. So um, there's a few reasons, but mostly it was I want a little redemption. I wanted to go run that race the way. I felt like I should have the first time. Um, so I actually went into that one. I had a uh, great training. Um, I was doing, that was my biggest block of training I'd ever done where I did a 70 mile week, 70 mile week and an 80 mile week. Yeah. Um, felt really good when I was doing them. But uh, during my taper, my, one of my IT bands out of nowhere, mm. like just bit really hard. Um, and so I got it worked on a little bit. Uh, but you know, when it comes in taper, I mean, like, and when you're going to do like a mountainous technical <laughs> trail, yeah. uh, so I went in hope I was hoping that, um, on that second hundred mile, I was hoping my IT band would like chill out for a good ways, maybe wait till, you know, mile 99 to hurt or something yeah, yeah, generous yeah. like that. Did that happen? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> at mile 70, it, it, I mean, I'm sorry, mile seven. Seven in it, um, it started screaming. So I had luckily brought, brought one of those little it band, um, brace thingies. Oh yeah. I think we talked about that before. I think Mm -hmm. we might have chatted about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran that whole race, um, like my it band by time, like by next to my knee. Um, it was about the size of like a tennis ball when I finished the race. 
So I ran the whole race with an injured IT band. It also <laughs> rained on us the whole time. It was cold. It was cold and rainy. Um, so, but I ran that race, like my race. I was really proud of it. It was, it was super hard. I dealt with, um, um, like really bad sleepiness, which came up again on the FKT, which we can talk about. I couldn't figure out how to solve the problem on the hundred miler. So I ended up taking a five minute nap. I think later I, I took even like another three or four minute nap. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't shake. It wasn't like fatigue. It was, it was just like sleepy. I got yeah. the sleepies. Um, so that was a big, big issue. I was trying to overcome one time. So my friend Edie that I spoke about earlier was pacing me and she bent down on a ridge or yeah, yeah. We're kind of like on a ridge. She went down to tie her shoe in the middle of the night and I leaned against a tree that must've been like, I don't know, six inches round and promptly fell asleep. <laughs> And she, she freaked out because she was like, this is a cliff, right? He, like you cannot fall asleep against the street, but that's how bad my sleepiness was. I just like, just passed out standing up against the tree. So, um, anyway, but I am really proud of that race for sure. After my first experience. Yeah. Well, after all that, um, adversity, even, you know, t- you know, t- you like you said, weather, it band sleepiness, and you still improved five hours off your previous finish mm-hmm. that that's huge yeah and that's that that demonstrated you know you learned and and grew from it yeah and, and ran your race and didn't fall off a cliff <laughs> yes hey you know the plus side right <laughs> the plus side, yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. um so you know as you went on you 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 like we said you ran the the uh the red dirt 100k again um and you you won it um <laughs> second like i said second overall first female you did some other races you know always always like watching you know the races that you do you always do well and i'm like yeah go for on you know I, I love that and so you did so these are the only 200 you did right you've done yeah. okay yeah. so um the <laughs> fkt we're going to talk about <laughs> All right, so the the big outs, the Washita Trail, FKT is okay. I've seen a few different figures, but uh, the average is what two hundred and twenty three miles. Yeah. All right. So what made you like? I'm gonna go do two hundred and twenty three miles on the Washita <laughs> Trail. What 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 uh, put that in your brain? How did it get birthed there? Um. So. I actually had gone up to that trail to um, cheer on Tara Bro, who I mentioned earlier, and Don Schoolmaster. They were running the 50K. Um, So I just kind of, you know, was going to cheer them on, didn't know anything about the trail. And I kept sneaking off at aid stations onto the trail, just, you know, because that's what you do if you love trails. Um, And I just fell in love with the trail. I just kept saying, this place is magical. I just felt there was something about it that I really fell in love with. And so, um, and then the next day, my friend John Robido and I took a little run on it, climbed up Pinnacle Mountain with everybody else. And I just, it, the trail just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So when I got home, I kind of did some research on it. I thought about, I really wanted to see it, the whole thing after that experience. So I, you know, I looked at normal things like through hiking, um, cause I've also done some backpacking, um, thought about like section hiking or section running. And then I was like, I wonder how long, you know, I'd only seen a small portion. So I kind of started wondering about the technical nature of the trail because it was very clear, clearly technical. But I was like, I wonder how long it takes people to run the whole thing to give me an idea on how long it might take me to do some of these other endeavors. So I looked at fastestknowntime.com and lo and behold, there's no female FKT listed on it. And hmm. yeah, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
because uh, truly I wasn't going to the site with the thought of an FKT. I really just kind of wanted to see how long it takes people to cover it. Um, but then when I saw that, I was like, oh, I think this is what I need to do. Um, so I sat on it for a while because it sounded a bit too audacious. Uh, you know, it could almost feel um, like egotistical to think you could go after something like that, you know. So I really wanted to sort through that because I don't I don't like to select things or do things out of a place of like ego, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really sat with it for a while and just also it was so scary sounding. Um, and then fast forward COVID comes. Um, I had started a new high level position at my company three weeks before COVID hit and uh, it totally shifted our entire operations, which is you know what, what my area is. Um, so it was pretty high level stress that I was trying to just like everybody else, you know, trying yeah, to sort yeah. out how to respond to this new way of life. Um, so I really turned to running to help process and just stress reliever. Um, and throughout the summer, I found myself like consistently running 50, 60 mile weeks. And I was kind of like, man, what am I going to do with this solid base that I have? Um, and then Caitlin Gerben, uh, she's a professional ultra runner um, that I follow on Instagram she, I want to, I hope I'm not misspeaking. I think she went after and got the Wonderland Trail FKT. Um, and she made a post that was really thoughtful and just talked about, you know, calling her shot and how it's really easy for us women runners to be a little uh, trepidatious about going after some like an aggressive goal for ourselves. It's just the way she worded it really spoke to me. And I thought, you know what, like, like I said, I want to do this. Let me plug this dream from the cloud and, and try to make it happen. Yeah. So, um, so then I, uh, you know, sheepishly went to my husband and was like, Ooh, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, truthfully, you just assume sometimes like somebody else is going to be the voice, that negative voice in your head back to you. I thought he was going to think, of, say all the things I was thinking of why I shouldn't do this. And he was like, why are you, why are you being so like, shy about this like if you want it let's do this yeah um, that's what i'll talk about that's a good husband yeah. right there <laughs> uh, he, is, he is the best really speaking good. of I, I thought about getting justin on here too with you but i want to get i'm gonna get justin by himself one day because he's okay. for those listening justin's got uh her they, they both run and justin's done some 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 amazing runs he's a strong ultra runner and uh, yeah. i think he might be dealing with injuries right now but you know um that's it's a phase so hopefully he'll get better soon but anyway i just wanted to put that point yeah. out but so that's where he's coming from like all right let's do this <laughs> yeah he was he was awesome so uh he kind of uh almost gave me the permission i was having a hard time giving myself to say no let's dream big and let's go for this and put the nice, work nice. in and see what can happen um so that's that's kind of uh so that was you know like i said last summer um and then uh, if I'm, if I'm rambling too much, interrupts me, oh, but, um, after that, you know, I kind of looked at training and I saw a trend where like I was running high mileage cause I felt like that's what I was supposed to be doing for these hundred milers. But I also, also was often ending up injured and I had no idea how to tackle something like this. Um, so long story short, I ended up hiring Joe Stringbeam McConaughey as my coach. Yeah. Um, he, he was brilliant. So, I mean, obviously, um, for I guess those listeners that don't know, uh, Joe or String Bean, as he's known in the in the backpacking trail community, he's set um, the Appalachian Trail, 
the Pacific Crest Trail, the Long Trail FKTs. Simultaneously, while I was running my FKT, he was working on the Arizona Trail FKT. So he's very decorated in the FKT community on really big trails. Um, But he's also a 412 miler in college. Um, so he also, it's not just that he can do this long stuff. Like he has a, a, um, understanding of the running side. So I hired him because he clearly understood like that running, the running piece, like I need a training plan. I need to know what paces I should be hitting. Uh, but also we talked so much about the preparation side of something mm-hmm. like this. Cause it's when you do this multi-day stuff, I mean, there's just so many things to plan and think about and prepare for. Well, tell me what did your, uh, and I just want to make note for people that don't know when you said you were doing 50, 60 mile weeks in Louisiana in the summer. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's not like, um, <laughs> not like in, you know, cool, calm, crisp, Colorado, uh, no. <laughs> summer mileage in Louisiana. It's, you know, hundred percent humidity. It's you walk out of the door. I'd walk out of the door four or five o'clock in the morning and it yeah. just, it's steam. It's hot. It's hot. So, I think, I think that's a big plus for training down, you know, yeah. putting, putting yeah. that in, but how did your mileage change? Like when you got Joe, uh, how did your training, uh, change, you know, um, from what you were doing before and getting injured? So I actually did the, um, what do you call that? The great virtual run across Tennessee lasses, okay. yeah. virtual thing. Um, so I started doing that. I want to say sometime in, was it March that we started that? And my whole goal, because I kept dealing with so many injuries, was to just run easy, enjoyably, enjoy the process. Um, and, you know, not like I wasn't doing any speed or training for any race. So I had several months of just like easy miles. So those 15, 60 mile weeks, I was like running with friends at whatever pace I felt like, and yeah. uh, which is what I wanted to do. Um, and I wasn't burnt out even after all these weeks of 50 mile weeks. And, um, so whenever, so I got to Joe with a really solid base, but it was all easy stuff. Um, so he quickly trans, <laughs> I'm laughing because the very first workout Joe gave me, um, so I'm like, Hey, I want to run this 223 mile trail. What should I do first? And he gives me 200 meter sprints 20 of them <laughs> nice <laughs> i'm like i think you misunderstood what i said <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah so he he quickly transitioned he reduced my mileage some and transitioned me to a lot of um faster stuff mm-hmm. um you know to kind of get my economy going and just strengthen certain things that I hadn't been working on at all get your fitness up uh, via two max mm-hmm. and all that yeah yes, yeah exactly. okay yeah that's that's funny though uh that you think and, and, uh, there, there, in fact, we just, I just read recently, there was an argument online between guys I know about running long and the benefits of, you know, the science behind doing some, some speed work, economy work, yeah. via, getting your VO2 max. And, and some of them just like, Oh, you just need to run long all the time. Just run long, run long. And I was like, eh, well, you know, anyway, no. they got yeah. mad at each other, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's cool. So you, you did some, some, uh, some of that kind of work and then, and then, you know, built up your mileage from there. What, uh, what was your max training? Number one, what was your max training mileage for to build up for that? And number two, how did you in South Louisiana, um, train for the, the pretty technical hilly rugged Washington trail? So I think the most interesting thing about 
this for some people is going to be <laughs> my training, at least from an outsider looking in, it would be to me. Um, so I really kind of topped out around um, 60 miles per week. I had, um, we can talk about it later, but as you know, I had a, a really big family uh, crisis happen um, sort of around my peak mileage time. So I, I was set back a little bit. I think he intended for me to get a little higher than 60 miles a week, but um, that wasn't able to happen. Um, but we did a lot of quality, a lot of quality work. Um, I almost felt like I was training for a fast marathon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've done some marathon training programs, not, it wasn't exactly, you know, but, um, the way he was kind of building me up his different, um, uh, what do you call it? Kind of, um, like periodization type, yeah. type things. Yeah. Um, so I got up to about 60 miles a week and then, I did some of those workouts were hill workouts or hill sprints, um, you know, but that's more, that's still really not training for the, the actual specificity of the trail. That's more of like a, um, a running workout that he was giving me. Um, so he had me doing a lot of body weight exercises like squats, lunges, um, just all kinds of stuff, hip stuff, it band stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I also had a couple times a week, I had a foot and ankle workout to do that I did with uh, resistance bands for, you know, cause you, you, your ankles are going to take a beating on something like this. Yeah. So I'd hoped to get a lot more time on trail than I was able to, as you know, the only really solid trail we have nearby is uh, it's called Chico state park. It's a 20 mile loop because of COVID they were housing um, a certain population near the trail there and they mm-hmm. closed the whole trail down Um so we, we haven't been able to run on that trail for over a year. They did make an accommodation for one of ED's races out there. But anyway, so the, the main trail I plan to use that offers some slight hills and offers a lot of technical running, um, like was totally out of use. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I didn't get a lot of trail time. I did, we did go to like San Antonio hill country and play around on some trails out there. We went up in November to the actual Wachita trail and did the first 30 miles, which is supposed to be the, like the hardest, most technical Rocky section. So I could kind of lay eyes on it. Um, so did a few things like that, but when I was going into the run itself, my main concern was those stabilizer muscles, my ankles, and then if my, my climbing, um, and descending, uh, muscles and ligaments and stuff would be able to like with, withstand what I was about to do because I didn't get as much specificity as I want, wanted to. Yeah. And, and, and though, uh, like even for a hundred, just a hundred, just a hundred, a hundred mile race or whatever, you know, you can plan for that in one big effort, but multi-day efforts, you know, Mm -hmm. you're starting day two, day three, with fatigued muscles yes. and the accumulation and, and all that. So before we get into the, the actual event, what other, um, did you do any, did you do anything to help you, I guess, with, um, uh, with the sleep issue or like, uh, you know, do some, uh, I'm just curious. Cause I think of things that, you know, I might would have tried like try to run and then sleep a little while and then run again, or I don't know, did you do anything unusual like that? Or, or were you just kind of just training like for a normal race more or less? Um, so Joe and I talked about Joe, my coach and I talked about the sleep thing a lot. Cause that was <clears throat> unrelated to the actual specificity of the trail. That was my other biggest concern. Mm-hmm. I was less concerned about it because my plan was going to be to sleep from about midnight to 4am every okay. night. So I felt like that was going to be sort of the, the solution to the problem. Yeah. I'll, you know, soon tell you 
not the case. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But so I kind of I, I worried less about it, and I knew I could nap if um, if needed. Also, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't there wasn't a female FKT, so I set I set a goal that I, I felt was respectful of the trail and of the men's FKT time. That I also I knew I, the men's FKT time was about seventy five miles a day. I knew I knew I couldn't do that. So I couldn't yeah. sustain mm-hmm. that. So I tried to set something that I thought was aggressive and res- and respectful. Um, but at the same time, I knew there was some wiggle room if I had to take an extra nap or something. And I went over my goal A, uh, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what did your spreadsheet look like for this thing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and can I question. post it? <laughs> yeah. You can't. You probably can. I can uh, send it to you. <laughs> okay. um, it was very extensive. Joe said he's never, <laughs> never seen anything like it. It's like a work of art. Uh, yeah. I mean. The, you know, so I accrued a friend for her attempt on running the Pinhoti FKT, um, which is about 350-ish miles, which oh. Corey, I don't know if you saw, just uh, broke the, the record Oh, there. no, I didn't see that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, so I learned from, I went and accrued her, I guess, in the fall of this past year. And so I learned a lot from that experience that yeah. um, I wasn't even really intending to. So I, I realized how stressful the crewing of a multi-day effort is. So I really tried to put a lot of effort into um, the planning for my, my crew, like locating grocery stores, like, you know, the minutia of like just their living, much less all of the aid stops. And I, tried, I looked on Google Maps to see like, okay, that's, trail access but is it you know we have a little teardrop camper my husband built um like is that thing going to be able to drive down that road um so i did a lot of research to try to make my cruise experience as positive and comfortable as possible because they were going to be working so hard so uh you know if it was a solo attempt like half of what i planned would have like been unnecessary but like i really wanted my, my crew to not just be like stressed out the whole time trying to find me yeah. Wow. And and so, um, yeah, that's that. And that's, that's huge. That's a big part of, um, I mean, even, you know, some of the things I've got coming up, um, just, just planning out for everybody else. And, you know, when you add crew, when you add pacers, that's why I think part of the time I like to run without pacers. Cause it's like, Oh, I got to think of all those. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's, it's worth it though. It helps, you know? Um, yeah, so, sure. yeah. So I, anyway, I, whether, whether I post it or not, I'd like to see that spreadsheet just to, yeah, just definitely. To say that. <laughs> okay. All right. And then, um, so, so all this, all this planning, um, when, how long before did you set the date for it? Um, and did you, did you stick to it? I don't remember if you had multiple dates or did you set it and that was it? Um, so I, um, I knew I had, I had corresponded with the guy that has the second fastest time on the trail, Randy Wendell, um, super nice guy, gave me tons of information. So he kind of helped hone in some of the questions I had, um, from that conversation and just from doing like looking at some historic weather data and stuff like that. Uh, I picked these dates and was able to stick with them. I had, um, I'd booked a suite at Queen Wilhelmina state park. Uh, which is about six, a um, little over 50 miles in on the trail. Like the trail actually runs through the state park. Okay. Um, so um, anyway, so the, the goal was like, if at all possible, since I had these rooms booked for a specific time period to stick to the, to the plan. Uh, if it, because of there is a river that I had to cross about eight times on the first day that wow. can, yes, it was, <laughs> 
You can ask Jeremy Howard about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was pacing me. Oh, nice. Uh, he, he drew the short straw. He's like, <laughs> he did. yeah, he was cracking me up. But um, that river does become impassable with too much rain. And uh, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I, I kind of laugh because they say, you know, the, um, the, the part further up the river where they do the gauge, gauge the water height. They say if it's uh, four and a half or over that the water's too high to cross. Um, they did have rain a couple of days leading up to my start. <laughs> so I woke up the day of, of my event to start running and I look at the water gauge to see what it's saying. It was 4.49. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, all right, you're saying I can go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that was early in the morning and I wasn't running crossing the river till that afternoon. So I really wasn't worried, but um, anyway, so there was a chance, there was a good chance it, that rain could have, could have made me change the dates, but I didn't have to. Yeah. Nice. So all this planning, all this anticipation, these reservations, and it's finally going to happen. You're, you're getting everybody together. I mean, how, how are you feeling? You know, give us a glimpse of, of, I don't know what you're feeling like, what's going through your mind, how you, your heart when you're about to start this thing. Um, well, as I alluded to earlier, um, we had uh, a bit of a family uh, crisis happen in January. Um, so my, my dad, my 59-year-old father, he um, was diagnosed with COVID on a Wednesday. I brought him to the ER the next day on Thursday because of a high temp. Didn't think that they were going to check him in or anything, but they, they did admit him. Um, and then by the following Friday, he had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really a traumatic experience. We didn't get to see him. Um, if there's anybody listening that's been through this experience, my heart goes out to him because it really was an awful experience for us and for and for him. Um, so I really had to, and obviously it was very unexpected. Um, yeah, my dad rides yeah. a motorcycle. He has a great career. Uh, you know, like he, yeah. he was like, great. I mean, he's 59 years old. He wasn't yeah. old me. So it was really unexpected. And I had to pause and say, you know, am I, am I going to go forward with this or do I need to, do I need to delay this? Um, I lost my mom, as you know, six years ago when she was 50. Um, and my, uh, my grief really sidelined my physical, um, activities. I was just too much. I couldn't manage the grief with, um, running and stuff. So I had to pause running then. And I just wasn't sure, like, is, is this going to be the same experience? Yeah. After a lot of thought, um, you know, my dad used to coach me growing up in multiple sports, even though he worked all the time too, trying to like, you know, raise a young family. Um, but I kind of suddenly realized like, uh, my dad had had a lot of hardships in his life and, um, it, it became sort of clear that like one, the characteristics, um, that even got me to think I could maybe do something like this really came from a lot of his life lessons that he taught me, mm-hmm. um, you know, believing, believing in myself and that, uh, maybe I can do something really like audacious and ridiculous and wild. Um, and like, it's okay if you can't, but like, maybe you can try, yeah. uh, like just, just a side story. He, whenever I was, I was probably about eight years old, I would throw the football with him in the yard and he was like, you have such a good throwing arm. I'm going to see if they'll let a girl be a quarterback on the <laughs> local football team. Like, that's how he was. Like, awesome. there was no, there was no boundaries. It. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, you know, I, so there was kind of like real, the realization that like the skill sets I needed to make something like this, this dream come true. Um, I learned from him. 
And then also just acknowledging like all the hardships he's had in his life. He had a really tough childhood um, that his sort of legacy was resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the theme of his life. And, you know, as his daughter, like, I feel like I, I absorbed that. So um, after kind of like trying to decide, am I going to do this thing? Like after realizing kind of all of that stuff, I, uh, I really like felt on fire, like, I am getting to that start line for my dad. Mm. I am like going to honor his life and his resiliency and all that he's taught me by at least, at least showing up. Like I'm showing up, Uh, you know? So there was, I thought about a lot of that kind of like, as I got to the, to the start of the trail at mile zero um, and just being thankful, like, uh, you know, that so many stars have to align. So much privilege has to be in my life to uh, do something like this. Um, that it was really, I felt very just grateful and, and present to the experience of being at a start line for something that, you know, isn't promised. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's huge. Um, And, and you have to, you know, I mean, that's, you have to ask yourself the question, you know, when dealing with, with things like that, because you can't go into something that huge without having your, your motivation, you know, we talk a lot about your why and your, mm-hmm. you know, but, but you've got to be focused and, and uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm glad you came to a place where you, you know, where uh, something that could have been a detriment became a, a really good motivation. And, you know, um, just from what I've seen, um, you know, of, of you and your, your, your dad and, you know, previously, I'm sure he was, he'd have been like, yeah, you need do this girl you know <laughs> yeah i think he uh i think it was justin that said justin's my husband um who said at one point like he would be upset if you didn't do this you know like yeah. if if he became the reason you didn't do do this so and i think that's totally true he'd been like you get on the trail <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well well and and i want to rewind a little bit because um because you know um you know with what previously what, what happened with, with your mom. And, um, you know, you said you quit running for, for a little while, but, but I want to, I just want to, because this is kind of a, um, this is part of who you are and who they brought you up to be, but, uh, you might've quit running for a while, but after that, um, you started serving other people with, uh, with, I don't know, I want to call it like a ministry. You started just being, uh, being, helping others with something that I thought was, was so cool. And I'd I'd like for you to speak to that, you know, after, after your, your mom passed away, uh, that, that thing that you started doing to, to help others who, who were about to lose, uh, loved ones or have lost loved ones. So share a little bit about that because that's the coolest thing. Sure. Um, so, um, I started, uh, what I called, my mom's name was Mona and I started what's called Mona's Munchies, which, uh, was basically a volunteer led organization, um, where different volunteers in the community would bake cookies every week and I would repackage them and, um, deliver them to a local hospice who would then bring the homemade cookies to, um, the patients and families. Um, part of that inspiration came directly from my mom. So my mom was like, you know, just an awesome person. She started a, what she called Nomo chemo cakes at our local children's hospital, where when their last chemo session was um, happening, she would, she would deliver a cake to their specifications, whether it be a princess or Superman or, um, you know, SpongeBob, whatever the, the, the thing they loved was, uh, she would bring them a, bring the hosp- bring to the hospital, Nomo chemo cake. And then they, they would present that to the child after they did their last round of chemo. Um, and expanded into um, doing birthday cakes and stuff for the kids too. 
So, uh, you know, my mom was like Baker extraordinaire and she did these amazing things. And, uh, the funny thing is my dad and I both enjoy cooking. I hate baking. It's too like specific. Like I want to, I want to put a little dash of this and a little something here, you know, uh, and baking. It's like, you got to Cajun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But baking is like so scientific. Um, so anyway, I, uh, long story short, I started this organization and I laughed when I started it. Cause I was like, of course I started a baking organization. I hate baking, uh, but I didn't have to, you know, I rarely had to bake because the community was so supportive of it. Um, but it was really great. There were some really beautiful stories that came out of it. Um, I, ha- I had, you know, people contacting me regularly, uh, but I particularly remember this one instance where a woman shared with me that as a kid, her and her dad used to bake ginger snaps. And, um, you know, I, I never specified what kind of cookies had to be made. Uh, so it was just, you know, whatever people wanted to make is what they made. And she, she messaged me and said, you know, obviously everything's been really stressful. Her dad was dying. Uh, but in the bag, they had a couple of ginger snaps and like the two of them went and he was able to like get up and go on the porch with her. And um, after he after he he passed away is when she messaged me to say, like, that was the best moment she'd had with him, like in a year um, was just like reminiscing over those ginger snaps. So it was really, you know, that had nothing to do with that moment was nothing to do with me, but just to kind of afford that space to to take a break, take a moment. Um I mean, who doesn't love home baked cookies, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's kind of what we did then. Yeah. That, that, no, I, I remember that just seeing that and it's cool. And that's just a tangible way to, I don't know, just show people that, Hey, somebody, somebody He's cares. About you. Yeah. 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 It's a lonely experience to, um, to have a loved one on hospice care. Uh, Cause the world's still whipping around around you. So yeah, it was kind of multi-tiered the, the goal of it. And that was definitely one of it to know, to let them know, like, we're sending you some love and support, even though, you know, you're kind of the only one maybe in the house with your person or whatever. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, in, in, in the same way, you know, um, a lot of times our, our tragedies and our losses, uh, help shape us, you know, and what we yeah. do with, with those things, uh, what we do in those times and how, how we choose to respond. And, uh, I don't know, I, I've just thought I could need to point out two of those major things in your life and, and, you know, through your, your, your grief, you responded positively and pushing forward and, and, and doing something great. And yeah. so, you know, for this, um, for that to, to be, I, I don't know, do you feel like it was a, a the, the whole thing was a dedication to your dad or, or just your, just, or just that motivation, that, that fire that, that kept it going? Um, you know, I, I thought a lot about that because um, at one point I think I was making finishing about honoring him. And that's a really big, uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself for yeah. something of this magnitude. And luckily my husband was actually able to kind of like ask the question because of some things I was saying. Um, and so I had to really think through like how, how to um, utilize this for positive healing for myself, but also um, not make set up unrealistic expectations on myself. Yeah. Cause you know, even a hundred mile or like you have expectations on yourself, like that's not going to go well, probably (laughs) so much less something like this. So I really, um, I decided like getting to the start line was honoring my dad. And then the, uh, the run itself was, was for me and honoring the lessons I've learned through them, but also just in my own experiences. Um, and then the, that last, um, leg, uh, I know I'm jumping ahead, but, uh, 
you know, Justin, my husband, I picked him to run that last leg with me. Of course, he'd been here supporting me the whole way. Um, and a couple miles into it, he was like, you're slowing down. What's going on? And like that simple, like nudge, I was like, oh yeah, this is not, I want to finish this. Like I want to grind this out. I want to push myself, give it all. Um, and so I, you know, a little, uh, that push was, I thought a lot about my parents and just, um, you know, thanking them for the gifts of their lives. And, um, you know, they, they were super young when they had me. I don't know how they did such a good job (laughs) being parents truthfully. So, yeah, so it was kind of like a little bit of mixture, but I think the meat, the meat of it couldn't be for anyone else, um, because if something went wrong, like the the guilt and the pressure, I think I would have put on myself would have just been too great, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I agree. We're going to interrupt just for a minute to tell you about the Outlaw Race Series. You might have heard about it. Well, you're going to hear about it again. <laughs> Go to www.outlaw100.com to check out the Outlaw Race Series, man. They've got so many races. Uh, the Flat Rock Triple Crown in Independence, Kansas. There's one in January, one in April, one in September. The Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater, Oklahoma in April, Flower Moon in Pawhuska, Oklahoma in May, the Dark and Dirty in Wilburton, Oklahoma in July, and the Thunderbird in Norman in November. And of course, the flagship race is the Outlaw 100. Uh, It's in February. There's a 135 miler, 100 miler, 50 miler, 26.2, 13.1, and a 5k. These are all tremendous trail runs uh, put on by ultra runners that know what they're doing. Uh, I've had a blast with the races I've been able to run. I've heard nothing but good on the races I haven't been able to run and I'm hoping to get all of them under my belt. And uh, so check it out. Go to www.outlaw100.com and sign up. Um, So, so your plan in going into it, what was your, uh, how many miles did you want to get through a day? Roughly? What was your, what was your game plan going in? So my A goal was simply under four days, okay. uh, which is an average of 56 miles um, a day. So um, Joe and I kind of worked together to figure out a daily action plan, um, which I knew I, I did the, the, um, the fourth, I want to say fourth day, but that sounds, it makes it sound like it's an extra day, but you know, my fourth run, um, I built it with less miles, assuming things would get bumped and shift and change. Yeah. Um, and when it happens, then it, it wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, then like goal a is out of the water. Right. So we, we, um, and you know, day one, I already had to shift some things. So yeah. I was glad I did that plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, I mean, so, so going into day one, um, you know, you're, you're, you're accumulating the miles. It's, it's the, you said the first 30 miles, the most technical of the trail. Uh, you're crossing the same river. How many times you said eight, time, eight, <laughs> eight times, eight times yeah. at 4.49, <laughs> whatever, you know, so yeah, it's, exactly. it's not, it's not the, it's not a trickle evidently. No. Um, so, uh, you know, tell me about that first day and how, you know, it, how did, you know, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Are you, are you like, Oh crap, you know, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I got nervous on the drive over. So we stayed um, at Queen Wilhelmina State Park, which is an hour from the start of the trail. Uh, it was a beautiful morning. Um, the sunrise and the moonset were unbelievable, truly. So I was feeling pretty good. Um, I hadn't like the the enormity of the miles and the, the task at hand really didn't uh, overwhelm me in the way that I thought it would. So we got, yeah, we got to the state park. Um, by the time, you know, it's like 
all the fidgeting takes so much time. Like yeah. put my arm warmers on, turn the tracker on. It's like, yeah. how did I yeah. spend 15 minutes already? So my crew was like, uh, you got, you got a minute before you got to start. Cause I really wanted to start at eight o'clock just to keep everything clean and simple for calculations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, you know, we, I said, "Oh, okay, I think I'm starting." Bye. <laughs> it's so like you know, like there's no gun shooting or. Yeah, it's not a race. You just like no, we. Let's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Everybody good? Is it okay if I start?" Okay, bye. <laughs> um, so yeah, I took off, and the funny thing is, I completely forgot the first like mile, mile and a half is just a climb. So my pacing chart went out the window immediately because I was thinking that sec, I don't, I didn't even double check it. I was thinking from my experience uh, and checking out the trail that that section was more flat than it was. Um, so it was perfect because I needed to like do away with caring about pace. You can't yeah. care about your pace on something like this. Yeah. Uh, I switched my watch to, um, I run in a Coros, which lasts a million years. Uh, I switched it to time of day. So I couldn't even see all that data. Uh, and I just was like, how you know, I was kind of like, how can I enjoy this experience right now mm. um, and just be excited I'm here? And so that's kind of I, I took my time that first eight miles before I saw my crew the first time. Um, and then I chose to run that, that that first 30 miles by myself. So um, I set out on that second section, which is really the, the particularly technical um, part. It's all truly the whole trail offers a lot of technical um like rockiness yeah. Uh, yeah but this is like rocks upon rocks that move that you it's all un unsure footing um you just can't you can't speed up you know you just yeah. Yeah. you got to take what the trail gives you in that moment um i put on uh matthew mcconaughey's green lights book that was recommended to me uh -huh. have you have you listened to it not yet i have it on my list is it good is okay. it it is wild you're gonna <laughs> okay. be like you're gonna cover your eyes a few times and be like oh my god uh, <laughs> okay but it's really, it was really funny. I was laughing out loud at parts. So it was a good companion for, for that. So I really enjoyed um, my solo time, my first 30 miles by myself uh, and kind of got into the groove and like identified what's my mindset going to be for this. Cause you know, you, it's important um, before you start picking up people and hearing them talk about things like how, how am I approaching this thing now that I'm here? Um, so then I got to the next aid spot and picked up my first pacer. Um, anyway, am I supposed to keep, I don't know if you want to ask specific questions or if you want me to just keep going on my no, day. No, keep going, keep going. You're good. Okay. Um, so uh, I was eating fine. Um, I, try, I sat down, ate like a little lunch, picked up my pacers, took off. And then um, later in the run, um, probably a second pacer later or something like that, um, I started having the, the sleepiness that I was talking about. Hmm. It was only 7 p.m. Like it wasn't, I knew, I already knew from previous experience, it wasn't that exhaustion. Um, but I'd slept fine the night before. I didn't start till 8 a.m. I, I wake up at home at 4 a.m. Like yeah. this was not a sleep problem. This wasn't a fatigue problem. And so it freaked me out a little bit because I was like, oh my gosh, if this has happened at 7 p.m. Full sun day one, what's happening um, so I, I really fought with that a lot the first day, um, had some GI issues, which I never have like ever. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, uh, get back to my crew. Justin is the one who says, I think your sleepiness is a electrolyte issue. Mm. Um, I happened to stop at a local running store, go run and pick up some noon tablets right before yeah. we left. Yeah. 
I never even use the sports tablets. I use the immunity ones at home, but um, those, that's what saved me. Uh, those noon electrolyte tablets. It was totally, I never, I didn't have sleepies again, even with the, even when I ran through the whole night. Um, now I had exhaustion and yeah. fatigue, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not this, not this thing where I can't keep my eyes open. Um, so it was pretty wild. Um, and, and, and ultimately I was planning on doing, I think it was about 56 or 57 miles that first day, something, um, like, like, good mileage, but not aggressive. Yeah. Um, and just with the setbacks with my stomach and the sleepiness, um, I ended up stopping at about 51, uh, which, you know, was fine. Uh, but it bumped the rest of the, the schedule for the rest of the time. Gotcha. So how did you, um, um, how did you sleep that night? Oh, I slept great. I got, I took a shower. I slept good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> got up, ate my oatmeal and Hit it took again. off with Edie actually. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good that you were able to able to get some sleep, uh, able to get a shower, man. That's that's great because you know some FKTs are remote and you you I don't know you can't do that. Or if you're doing yeah. it self supported and you gotta yeah sleep on the trail and get funky. But uh, so good. So okay. So you day one, you learned a lesson. Electrolytes. So anybody listening here, you get sleepy at random weird times. Try your electrolytes. Check your electrolytes. Yes. See see yeah. if uh throw you a couple of noon tablets in your pow- your pack or something. Um, mm-hmm. what, um, what were you, um, what was your nutrition looking like? What was your plan for nutrition and how did it go that? I mean, you said you had some stomach issues. So how was that going and what did you have to tweak? Um, so I think I probably had a little bit too much caffeine day one. It was sort of accidental. I didn't realize the, the bulk of the gels I'd, I'd grabbed um, had caffeine in them, okay. just an oversight. Um, so I think I ended up just kind of like that first morning having too much caffeine and that's what kind of upset my stomach. So that was kind of easy to resolve. I just didn't keep eating caffeine. Um, but nutrition wise, Joe and I talked about that a lot. He wanted me to get in about 4,000 calories a day, uh, which is a lot of calories by the way. (laughs) Yes. So my job was basically eating and running and eating and running and eating and running. Uh, but I, I, I did it. And my friend, Jeremy that flew in from Rhode Island, he was my uh, nutrition, uh, mastermind. So he would like tally up all the calories I was eating throughout the day, kind of just make sure I'm on track, which was such a nice, um, thing to have. So like if anybody's planning on doing an FKT support it like this, uh, I would absolutely recommend like giving your crew some roles, um, because then everything is getting done and it's getting done really well. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like people feel like, well, wait, did anybody think about this? Anybody think about that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Jeremy just having the job of food really ensured I stayed on top of my, my, my nutrition, um, especially on a multi-day, multi-day effort. You can skimp a little bit on a hundred mile. You might not feel great, but you can get it done. But if you're not eating enough day one by day three, your body's going to say, no, thank you. Yeah. And it might already be saying that anyway, even if yeah. you had enough. Food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I ate a lot of like Cheez-Its and fig bars and, um, pop tarts. Those are my favorite. Somebody else, um, uh, does the pop tart thing a lot because there's a lot of calories in those boogers. You, know, mm-hmm. you get the frosted ones. There's a lot of calories in a pop tart. So anyway, yeah. I to, and I don't, it, this isn't stuff I normally eat in regular life. Just yeah, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, my yeah, teenage same. self was like so excited about my diet for this run. <laughs> Did you do any little Debbie's? I didn't, I usually can't do, I'm usually more a salty person. Okay. Okay. Um, but, uh, so there was a few sweet things though, like the pop tarts, the s'mores pop tarts. Nice. <laughs> nice. Did you do any, uh, one of the things I discovered recently are the, um, Oh, um, 
Star uh, Starbucks coffees, the frappuccinos, the cold ones, dude, that's yeah. like 200 something calories a pop and they go down smooth and you get that caffeine boost, but you were already caffeinated. So you <laughs> yeah, well, and I expected, I drink uh, a decent amount of coffee in my regular daily life. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, besides the oversight with the gels, I was trying to delay, um, much use of caffeine besides a morning cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, so I brought Starbucks cold brews and stuff like that. Uh, but I ended up not I drank a little bit of one um, and some Coke a couple of times, but I really didn't use I, like hardly any caffeine, which I was really shocked about. Wow. Wow. No, that's, I mean, and if you can do it without it, that's, that's great. Did yeah. you, um, now when you finished for the day, uh, did you, did you plan like a, a, a meal meal? Did you have like a yes. hearty meal? Okay. Yeah. And Jeremy had some delicious uh, items prepared for me. So Andrew Skirka, um, I'm sure you know, who. do you know Andrew Skirka? No, he's I don't like, know. He's National Geographic's Adventurer of the Year. And he runs this like thriving backpacking company. He, he does epic adventures too. But anyway, he has this great um, website with different meals he brings for his guided backpacking trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think high calorie, easily digestible, um, easy to pack. So that's another great resource for anybody that's thinking about doing something like this is to check out his recipes hmm. and it's, it's Skirka S K U R A. Um, but he had one that was like, you use ramen noodles, like from, you know, the ramen noodle packet. Uh, but he makes this like soy sauce, peanut butter, uh, sesame seed oil, delicious concoction hmm. um, that you put on the noodles instead of the spicy little packet it comes with, um, along with cashews, because cashews have a lot of great um, calories in them, among other things. And that was the dinner for my first night. And I was like, can I have more of this? Because it was so good. So I really ate well. The second night, um, the crew had stopped at a Mexican restaurant for their dinner, and they brought me some deliciousness of that back. So I had some, I had some good dinners. (laughs) Yeah. Chef Jeremy, I might have to talk with him. We were talking about him coming out for one of the two hundreds I'm doing. I might have to, until he uh, paces me, I might have to get him to uh, come up with some, uh, some food for me. Yes, (laughs) Yes. definitely. Yeah, that's good. So, all right. So you get through day one. Um, how, how, how did you feel that evening though? Physically? Did you, I mean, I'm sure there was some, you know, some adjustments that, you know, I mean like soreness or, you know, some things like Mm -hmm. that, your body adapting to it. Did how, how bad was it? You know, how did you feel? Um, I'm here to say I felt a lot worse than I thought I was going to. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I'd done that hundred K in, in my training a few weeks before managed my effort. Um, it was about half the elevation gain of, of what I was doing this day. Um, but I felt super great after that hundred K. So I expected to feel, feel a little more fatigued, but I really felt a little more beat up and fatigued. And I think just like the GI stuff and that sleepiness stuff just really kind of taxed me more than I was expecting. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't like, um, I didn't have an emotional response to it. It just, I was like, okay, well, I, I, I feel worse than I was expecting, but I'm also going to sleep and sleep does a lot of really wonderful things. And tomorrow (laughs) is a brand new day. So, um, yeah, I was surprised though. I was, I was hurt more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, but it's huge to like, I don't know. It's, just, it's a lesson. I want people to, to make sure they, they, they hear that you acknowledged it and you didn't, you know, have an emotional response. I like that. You're like, okay, this is what it is. And it wasn't, you know, you knew you weren't injured. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you're like, okay, this is the fact, this is where I am now. My, my solution I'm going to bed. 
<laughs> you yeah. know, I'll go take a shower and go into bed, eat some food and, you know, shower, clean up, go to bed and wake up in the morning and, and go. So, um, how long did you, did were, were you like, um, did you get to sleep, uh, that first night? Was it a full, you know, your four hours or did you? Yeah, I think I got in bed around midnight and then I woke up at four. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I got, I got four hours, four hours, get up. Uh, did, did, did you, I mean, I'm sure you felt a little, did you feel a little bit of the, you know, the previous day and have to, you know, work it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, uh, I was curious to see, you know, that when your feet hit the floor kind of moment, yeah. I was curious because I felt a little more banged up than I expected. I was like, okay, how's, how am I going to feel getting out of bed? Um, <clears throat> I really wasn't bad. I was able to do like normal stretching, um, you know, and stuff like that. So, I was kind of renewed and like, okay, I think my, my body, my body, it might just be resilient enough for this thing, you know? Nice. Nice. All right. So you get, get into day two. Tell me about, uh, you know, give me the lowdown on day two. So Edie and I start off in the dark around four 30 <clears throat> and, uh, we immediately get to some trail. So you start off in the lodge sort of parking lot. So you're on asphalt to start with. Um, and when you finally get off of it, we immediately got to like really technical trail, like I'd experienced on day one and we're in the dark. Um, so suddenly, you know, like I, I kind of joked that the trail always gave me what I needed. So the first day I, I kept telling myself, you got to start slow. You got to manage your effort. And there's like a mile and a half hill. Yeah. Second day, like let your body warm up. Don't be aggressive. Uh, and there's immediately technical trail that you can't run on, or at least I can't maybe Jim yeah, Wompley, yeah. <laughs> Courtney DeWalter could, but I yeah. couldn't. Um, so it's only, I think, an eight-mile section, but almost the whole thing was like that. those rocks that move, um, and, you know, you're already running at night, so it's hard to um, – or in the, in the darkness. So anyway, so my crew, poor things, they – like, I get only an eight-mile section. I get there an hour later than oh. any of us expected because of how technical it was. So they were thinking either they missed me, I ran really fast, or, uh, or something happened. So I pull up or I finally like get out and Evie and I are just like, oh, well, this is what the trail's given us. And like having a dandy old time watching the sunrise. Um, but I get out and I see like one of the cars coming back in and they're like, oh, my God, we had something happened. And they didn't have cell service. And oh man, yeah. So my crew had a rough start to the day. Um, but, you know, they, they recovered once they realized I was fine. Um, and then we, um, you know, kept kept on going for the day. So the day went, um, pretty well. Um, I think there was some, I'm trying to think maybe later in the day. Um, it's probably all a blur. I know like when I run a race and I try to go and pick it apart afterwards, it's like, I, I think, I don't mm. <laughs> what That's what I, I know. I'm trying to, to remember. So I, I wrote it all kind of down cause I, I wanted to have it, you know, uh, to look back on. I think it was that it was either Monday. Let me just look real quick. Um, no, that might've been Tuesday night. Yeah. So Monday, uh, was a pretty good day. Um, I was on, I had warned my crew beforehand that, you know, um, I didn't know what my grief would look like on the trail and I wasn't, uh, these were all good friends, you know, also, Um, but that it was, it was possible that my grief really hit me a lot on the track. It was possible. It didn't at all. I didn't know, but I just wanted them to be sure to be aware. Um, I was running with my friend, Derek Sander, who, uh, was amazing. He was my, my gear guy. And just like, I mean, he was awesome, but I was running with him. It was a particularly like 
there's a lot of steep climbs and a lot of steep technical descents, which is really hard when your legs are tired. Um, and it got really hot. It was like mid eighties on us and totally like exposed ridgeline. Um, so anyway, I was kind of physically suffering, um, in that time. And, and, uh, I'm like, I put my music on just to kind of like, um, stay focused and just keep moving. And, a song my dad sent to me a couple of years ago that like reminds me, reminds him of me came on. And I just like, I just started sobbing. Like I just didn't expect it. I was kind of in a vulnerable place yeah. and Derek was so awesome. He just gave me a big hug and was like super supportive. Um, so, you know, that kind of like refocused me of like, okay, like this is hard, but I've done harder things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we continued on. Um, I ended up running out of water on that section. So he had Justin run some water up to me just cause it was way hotter than we expected it to be up there. Yeah. Um, so that, that took that leg, uh, which is midday took, took a good bit out of me just physically. Um, so I got in our little camper and laid down for about 20 minutes just to kind of recover, let my body like cool off. Um, I had drank a lot of liquid to try to rehydrate. Uh, so it took a that was probably my first, like, like real, um, like necessary break, not just your regular aid aid breaks. Um, and then continued on, felt a lot better, uh, had a good, um, you know, the rest of the day was, was good. The section after Derek was gorgeous. The temperature had cooled off in that 30 minutes or so enough that like, it was just so enjoyable. We weren't on a hot ridge either. We'd kind of gone to Valley. So, um, got into camp, uh, I think about on time, um, we crossed the hundred mile mark, um, that evening, Edie and I, poor Edie, I kept giving her the, the dark shifts. She, <laughs> she got one daylight shift. Sorry. Nice. Um, now that night, uh, I didn't, I, I hardly slept. So I had four hours in bed, but I think I woke up like 15 or 20 times. Oh, I just wow. was in pain, a lot of pain and stuff. Um, but, but the, you know, I didn't have the sleepiness issue. Um, I didn't have any GI issues. It was just, Overall, you know, you, you adapt and deal with whatever pops up. It was really just the temperature that day kind of zapped me for a little while and recovered from that, but it was a good day. Nice. Nice. All right. So you rest and you go into day three. You, yeah. So you're thinking through, you know, you, you, you want to do it in under four days. This is kind of like mm-hmm. that, you know, over the, over the hump where you're going to get over that halfway point. So how, how did that go? Um, so I started with Justin on that, my husband on that section and, uh, you know, again, the trail give us what is needed. Yeah. And it was like, though it was flat, it was super muddy and like rutted up from like, um, Jeeps and stuff passing through. It was just not even, you know, even Justin's fresh legs, it was just non, not runnable. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, we're doing another slow start today. <laughs> Great. Um, got some beautiful views, got to see some turkeys on that section, um, so it was, it was really lovely. Um, uh, and we, you know, it was great running with Justin, of course. Um, we get to the aid station. They gave me, um, some tomato, creamy tomato basil soup <laughs> with some buttered bread. And that might be the best meal I've had of 2021. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, Chef Jeremy, other- was it one of, it was one of his creations? Uh, I had bought it at like Costco. Oh, Okay. <laughs> okay. So he okay, did gotcha. heat it. He did heat it. Okay. And he right. buttered the bread. Okay. So he, well, he, he gets some credit for it then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and he made me, poor, poor thing had made me like this 
big, amazing uh, sort of breakfast burrito because he, he was trying to think ahead to what I would want. And then I told Justin, I didn't know he'd made the burrito, but I told Justin, I want that soup right now. Um, so Jeremy was like, oh, man, I just made this like fancy <laughs> burrito for you, uh, which I did devour the next time. There you go. Um, one thing that was really amazing was Edie did um, like massages on me throughout the day. Yeah. That was huge, uh, like a huge difference. Every time she would work on me, I could feel like my legs just felt so much better. Mm. Um, so anyway, she worked on me then. It was great. Did she roll um, you? Um, we did have a roller, but she ended up using her, her, she could feel like the, the knots and stuff a lot better with her fingers. Okay. Um, so she, she used her elbows and fingers. Okay. Cause I have, I have, anyway, uh, I have a uh, Edie and Liz story where, uh, where I had to, where I had a calf tear and Edie's rolling me and I'm coming out of the chair and Liz, you all being a sissy, are you? Yeah. That's <laughs> I was supposed to pace you that year at Chico. I, uh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I ended up kaput anyway. Yeah. 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 But you know, and she tried to roll it out, but that rolling doesn't put a <laughs> tear and a cap back together. But anyway, no, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's what I thought of when you, but no, but that's huge. That's good. That's a big, uh, a big help, you know, loosen yeah. everything up. Yeah. So, uh, that next leg I ran, um, with my friend, David Norman, and, um, I kind of feel bad for him cause he got probably like my sleep. I, 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 that's when it was that leg that, uh, my lack of sleep from that night before really hit me. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, so I put on some music and just, you know, grinded, grinded out that leg. Um, I got back to the aid spot <clears throat> And if you know David, like David's like very gregarious, loves to talk and uh, just like enjoy life. <laughs> and here I was like, I'm sorry, I, I'm putting my music in. <laughs> Nothing. It wasn't personal. I was just struggling, but I felt yeah. I felt bad. It was his leg that happened on. Um, so, yeah, I get back to the aid stop and I get in and I'm like, OK, I have two announcements. One, we have 90 miles left that, you know, we're in single digits. Two, I am taking a nap right now. <laughs> uh, nice. So I did. So they set up my bed in the camper and I immediately passed out and like deep slept for 20 minutes. Uh, and it was awesome. <laughs> Those 20 minute uh, naps are huge, man. On, on, on yes. I mean, I, somebody's like, I don't know how you could do that, but it, you can, man, and it'll recharge you and reboot you to, to go and crush mm-hmm. some miles after. Yeah, it really, it was a, it was a huge difference. Then I, uh, Miranda and Emily joined me for five miles, which was really funny. Um, neither of them are really trail runners. So they were like, you know, like both like a little terrified, but also amazed and in awe of like the beauty of being out there. So that was really fun. Five miles. Nice. Um, then I picked up Jeremy for a 22 mile leg, which I'd kind of been dreading all day because, uh, it's just, uh, it's a long time to not, like, I'd been used to seeing my crew probably every 10 or 11 miles or so. Um, so I knew, like, Jeremy and I were running into the night, would have a lot of night running. Um, there was threat of weather, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that leg ended up being a grind. Um, the trail itself was just, got challenging on different parts. We did get some rain. Um, so it, it really was a grind. And he was he was awesome. Um, I did take a, probably a, a 15 miles into it. Um, I, I said, Jeremy, I have to take, I, I need a two minute trail nap. Lay down on the trail to turn over our headlamps. He gave me three minutes. Um, and I actually like stood up before he told me like, okay, game's over. Let's go. Um, so then we took off, but that three minutes really somehow even that helped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
take whatever works, right? That, that's it. That's it. Oh. Um, yeah. So that, that section took a little longer than I, I wanted to, but um, we got in at about 1230. Um, I was able so the Woosters had an RV. So I was able to take a shower in the RV, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice. That's when I got to eat my Mexican food. Edie worked on my legs and I just went to bed and crashed. We changed the sleep plan since I didn't really get into bed until about 130. Um, I didn't want to wake up at four with, with 62 miles to go. Yeah. Um, so we, we decided to do uh, a 6 a.m. wake up. So that night I probably got about probably all in all four hours, four and a half hours, maybe. Yeah. Um, and slept well. So, so was the plan on the next day to, I know you said earlier, something about you're running through the night was, so the plan was the next day, just go until you were done. Yes, exactly. So I woke up. So there was different times where, um, just from some of the exhaustion, especially this last day where I like, I just, I cried from just the rawness of the exhaustion. Yeah. Um, I never felt like I was going to quit or like I doubted my ability to finish it. Mm. Uh, it was just, it's truly just the rawness of like, this is hard and, yeah. uh, it's, it's exhausting. That's I, just, it, you know? I just need to cry for a little while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? So, it- <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was to say that's why that's why it's important to to be surrounded by people that are um that are gonna that are gonna encourage you, push you, um, mm-hmm. and and are just understand. You know, they know you, yeah. they love you. You know, and just yeah. All right, Fawn's crying. We're gonna just what is you know yeah. help her be there, whatever. You no know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. She's crying again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, Wednesday morning, we wake up. And this is the first morning I actually started with tears. I just looked at Justin and I just started, we're like sleeping in our camper. And I just started crying because I knew what was coming was like 62 miles. I knew the pace that I was keeping at that point was going to, it was going to take me through the night to, to reach my eagle. So it was just sort of like one of those daunting, like when my feet hit the ground, they're not, they're not stopping until tomorrow morning, you yeah. know? Um, and obviously the fatigue, I mean, I was feeling the fatigue and exhaustion and everything. Uh, but, you know, he was retelling this story. Like I was sitting there crying, but I was also like eating my bowl of cereal as my like theater. <laughs> I was like, still, like putting on my socks, putting on my shirt. I still got things to do. Yeah, but I'm just going to cry while I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm going to cry right here. So That's awesome. okay with it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So the funny thing is we, um, we take off. Everybody was like really excited because they, you know, it was the last, last wake up morning. Um, so, and I had 12 people there. I mean, it was unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. It was awesome. Um, so they're all there like cheering me on and my friend, John Robito and I take off. Now, John is known to have cursed the weather gods one too many times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So two miles into our run, it starts sleeting Stinking Robito. Robito. (laughs) I'm like, John, this is. This is clearly your fault. John, turn around and go back. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just, I'll do it by myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the great thing was John had um, a sheet of, like, I love dad jokes and puns and stuff. He had a sheet <laughs> of jokes written down and he kept taking it out of his pocket and just like reciting. Like, I'm not surprised in the least bit. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, so, you know, it, like it ended up just being sort of like the most hilarious way to start the last day because we're getting sleeted on. Didn't even know it was going to be that cold. Uh, you know, John's telling me these hilarious jokes. So it was good. It was a great way to start. Pro- the day. Probably not even that funny, but you know, in your exhaustion, 
Yeah, no, that's good. I don't know. They were pretty uh, good. Yeah, yeah. He comes up with some good ones. I, I've run with John and before. He's like, yeah, no, yeah. No, no. That's that's cool. And so uh, you you take well. That's actually probably pretty good uh, to I don't know to have something unusual like that happen to get your mind off of you know the fatigue and then you know and somebody like you know telling jokes and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So how fast are you moving that that last day? Um, I was budgeting, um, 20 minute miles. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and I mean, yeah, that, that many days into it, technical trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was still climbing and descending and having the rocks and stuff. So, um, it wasn't, I mean, I, I honestly wasn't sure I'd be running at all that last day, like going into it. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I was still able to run flats. There just weren't a ton of those. Um, and like downhills that were super steep, I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily run those really well, but regular downhills, I could, I could run that. So I was still like, my body was still faring way better than I thought it would by that point. I didn't have to use any KT tape or, nice. um, I wasn't having any issues at all, really, truly, um, mm. with any hot spots or I don't know, it's kind of bizarre to be honest with you. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll, I'll take it. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so since I was the last day, one fun thing we decided since we had 12 people was that besides that run I did with John, the rest were going to be group runs. Um, so I always had at least two other people running with me, uh, which was just so fun and hilarious. And uh, just such a, I mean, obviously I've talked about my crew so much, like they are a huge part of the experience, um, yeah. which is exactly what I wanted. You know, this wasn't about like me going after this FKT by myself and proving I'm tough or something like it was an experience I wanted. And I'm so happy to have shared it with so many close friends. Uh, but the group runs were, were hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure. And, and you're, you're delirious and, and they're, yeah. And I know, yeah, the people involved. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, um, you run through the night, uh, you know, are you, you're running through the night. how did you do in fatigue that, that last night? Um, I actually, again, did really well. And that's why I kept putting off caffeine because I thought for sure I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit a moment where I got to, I got to gut it out um, and rely on caffeine. So that's why I kept delaying it. Yeah. Um, I used a little noon caffeine, caffeinated tabs. Mm-hmm. Those were kind of upsetting my stomach. Um, so I stopped that. Um, but uh, let's see, about 20 miles to go, I probably had my like one of my lower, lowest spots. Um, it was really cold. We had to go through some water. Uh, so I, I had like every layer I had brought on me. Cause again, another good tip. I thought I'd brought way extra than I needed based on what the temperature said I was going to do. I should have brought even more than wow. that. Like I brought layers that I was like, I'm when I was telling Derek, my gear person, I was like, I am not going to wear this, but I'm bringing it anyway. I had that plus everything else I had on. Wow. Yeah. And when your body's depleted too, it, it can't, it didn't warm itself as well as mm-hmm. it normally, and you're not moving as fast as you normally do when you run. So. <laughs> yeah. And that last, uh, you know, 30 or 40 miles of that particular trail, it's around water the whole time. Okay. And I didn't account for that. I mean, it was just so much colder in those spots than, you know, if you're at the road a little further away from the water, it was degrees difference hmm. in temperature. So your last section, uh, Justin paces you, uh, you shared earlier about that, you know, just that emotional moment you had. Um, how's that? I mean, I don't know. I, I have a little glimpse on, I know how I felt, you know, when I came to, to, to a finish line and after running, you know, long distances, but how, I don't know, how did it feel to have your friends there and, you know, I don't know, get it done. Yeah. 
Um, it felt pretty sweet. <laughs> so the, the end of that trail really, um, this, this trail really is beautiful and amazing the whole entire way. Uh, it's really well kept up by volunteers, the, um, friends of the Wachita trail are amazing group of, of, uh, trail keepers. Um, but this, these last few miles were just awful. Like <laughs> they forgot about those. <laughs> like they were marked fine, but it was yeah. like really weird. It was like, you know, it almost should have just ended at a certain point, but they, they wanted to end at the Pinnacle Mountain State Park Visitor Center. Yeah. So it just ends up, you run on a road um, for a while, you know, just weird things. Yeah. So that's my one little tiny complaint. But so it felt like, you know, we kept sort of going in different directions uh, than where I knew the crew was. Yeah. And I just couldn't figure out, my brain couldn't wrap around it. But um, anyway, so like they had, they had literally had some, rock steps that were like a foot and a half high yeah um which for a five foot one person (laughs) is real high you had to climb them steps literally (laughs) yes i was on like single leg uh squats at mile 22 or 222 oh wow i know so uh anyway finally realized like oh my gosh this is the finish and i I turned the it's an uphill of course (laughs) yeah what good uh long run isn't uh complete without an end run uphill (laughs) yeah um so I turn uphill and I see they had like rolled out a red carpet. Uh, they have this sign that's it's supposed to say finish, but it I think it's Liz's fault that it spells it's F-I-N-S-H. Finch. Um, yeah. Finch. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, like I just wasn't expecting any of that. So it was really awesome. They were like hooping and hollering and uh, it was pretty surreal. Like, I, I think it took me a while to feel really realize like, no, I'm really done. Like, I'm not sitting in this chair for five minutes. Like, yeah. I'm here. I'm done. And of course I finished uh, about six 15 in the morning. So a few minutes later, this beautiful sunrise over the lake um, starts happening that we got to kind of experience together. So it was really, it was truly amazing. And I know, you know, the best part was like, certainly I finished, but like, I know they all felt like a sense of ownership mm-hmm. for the success of the the run. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think everybody felt proud of me, but also like proud of each other and proud of like, the whole experience together and uh, you know, to, to have 12 people spend a lot of sleep deprived time together in those conditions and nobody get mad at each other and to, <laughs> and just enjoy each other the whole time is pretty, pretty uh, amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's huge. <laughs> I know. When, when people unite together for a purpose, there you go. That's the lesson there. And then, the, and, and, and you brought them together for a purpose to cover that distance. Um, yeah. So like, I don't know that I, that feeling sitting there knowing you don't have to do anything. You're done. Like you don't have to get up and go. That's, that's such a, re- a relief, but um, I don't know, man, I, I just give you kudos for, I mean, congratulations on getting it done. I know you put a lot of thought into it, a lot of time, a lot of effort and, and, you know, planning and, but you, you had help and, and I, you know, mm-hmm. um, they, everybody was a part of it, but you still, you, you're still the one that took every step and still did the distance. And so I just want to, I don't know, I want to congratulate you on that. Uh, you, I think it's amazing. And, uh, I don't know, I'm motivated every time I, every time I, I tell a story, like the, of some of my awesome friends and the things they're doing, Jennifer's like, Oh Lord, he's going to get some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is, uh, three of the crew members, 
uh, in the next day or two, sign up for hundred mile races. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. 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 Dragging them down. I mean, b- b- building them up. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so how long was your, your physical recovery um, for this? You know, um, how long are, are you still recovering? How, how long ago was this? Um, uh, about a week and a half. Or a week okay. And a week and a half. So, so how are you right now? I actually feel great. Um, I had just one anterior ankle tendon, a little mad at me. Um, but, uh, I really feel good. Like I I told Justin today that I I feel like I could go run what she said. Not yet, please. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I know I need to like continue. So like I rode my bike a couple of days ago. I walked four miles this morning. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I'm really surprised how good I feel. I dealt with, um, like, my, my sleep was interrupted, not severely like the hundred milers have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still like up until probably a couple days ago was like having a little, little bit of funny sleep. Um, yeah. but I mean, really it was so, so mild compared to what I expected. How, how's the, uh, brain fog? Um, the first couple, so, you know, I went right back to work on, so I finished, Thursday morning, we drove back Friday and then I was at work Monday morning. Mm. Like most of us would, would be right. Um, but I jumped right into like, you know, lots of meetings and things that really required brain power. Uh, so that first day I was, I was kind of like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Real Uh, life, (laughs) real life, real life. Kind of just wrote it out. And after a couple of days, I felt like, uh, I could trust, trust my brain's powers a little more. Um, I don't feel foggy at all anymore. So good. Good. Yeah, That's it's awesome. been it's been a great experience. It's almost a little scary. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's pretty amazing. It should have been a little worse so that yeah. like I wouldn't want to do it again maybe one day. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. You should be limping for about a month and you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, you know. But it speaks to, you know, I do want to say that speaks to my training with Joe because after every race, long race I've done for the most part, I've had some kind of issue I, that I did have to take off and rehab. Uh, so I, I guess that's why I'm so shocked that I feel this good. I've never, I don't want to say never. Uh, it's a rare occasion. I have a big effort and don't have some like nagging issues that I got to deal with. Yeah. I have this, I had this conversation with a runner before this weekend. I was like, you, you could probably get it done with what you've been doing, but it's going to hurt. And uh, he got it done and, it hurt. It, <laughs> it, hurt. Yeah. it took yeah. a long time and it hurt, but yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. So I have to ask the question, um, what's next? You know, honestly, I, I, uh, I chose this adventure because of the trail itself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that I wanted to set an FKT or, or do something super long like this. Um, so I'll definitely sort of be open to what sort of feels like a, something calling me or inspiring yeah. me. Um, I think I'll probably though uh, do like a late fall, early winter marathon to get a Boston qualifying time, kind of okay. a different, totally different direction than this, yeah. but yeah. it's been something I wanted to do for a while. Um, and I think I, I think I could really do it. So I'll probably go for like a fast marathon, but that will probably lead into some kind of ultra. I mean, ultra running is my first love. So I don't know. I'm actually really interested in love it. I've been wanting to do love it for years. So maybe love it. Yeah. I was going to say if, uh, yeah, you, you, I would, I was going to recommend it to you, especially after this effort and that kind of trail you like, I, yeah, let me know. <laughs> let okay. me know. Uh, yeah. I'll, 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 um, yeah, I'll be glad to help. Um, and, uh, you know, the date, 
if the dates are good, I think it'll be good. Yeah. I'll come crew pace, whatever. Be fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have other adventures I'm interested in, but nothing like, um, that I'm, I'm putting in stone and you know, it's a little bit Justin Stern. Like he has some, <laughs> some goals in mind that I want to support him in. So I don't want to uh, do something that really requires me to be all in like this one did. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see doing something. Um, it might just be like eventually one day, like Bigfoot 200 or something like that. Yeah. I was going to keep poking you on that, on those two. So yeah. On the yeah, 200s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you do triple crown. Kind of get some feedback. There you go. What you got to say. <laughs> yep. It'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be good. Uh, well, um, well, thanks so much for, for, for sharing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love watching big efforts. I love watching people do things like this. I'm inspired and uh, I know other people will be too. And I love when people just, I don't know, try hard things and do the work and do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing um, I just realized I forgot to mention earlier, cause this is so, like, so like running related. I've done a couple of like interviews with the news and stuff and they don't even know what to say or ask, but um, <laughs> one fun thing. So I work for boys and girls clubs of Acadiana and I really wanted to engage our, we have six clubs. I wanted to engage our club members in some way, um, expose them to trail running or to, you know, just a big adventure, um, you know, kind of, kind of thing, something that most people have never even heard of. And so we had all these like big ideas and things we were going to do. And then my dad got sick and, and passed away. So we had to scale it back. So we ended up ultimately just basically encouraging them to set a goal for four weeks of running, um, at the club, um, and try like to work to meet that goal. And, uh, they had like a little, like little charts where they can track their, their, they did it in laps, but you know, we knew the mile conversion and, um, I was hoping like over four weeks, maybe they'd do 223 miles or something close to it was my goal. David, they ran six over 650 miles. Nice. That's awesome. Isn't that (laughs) amazing? So cool. (laughs) That's great. I know. And they were like so excited to get the updates from the club directors on where I was and what I was doing. Uh, so like that has been such a highlight uh, that the, and not only the kids, even our staff got into it, which was amazing. Like the staff was eating healthier and drinking more water and stuff so that they can run more laps. And I was like, that is, this is awesome. Yeah. Inspiring yeah. So people, fun. man. It's Southern Louisiana to be healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for those listeners that don't know, we need, we need some healthy living inspiration down here. <laughs> well, I always tell people, and, and well, I guess that's the opposite influence. I was like, well, how do you feel about being in Oklahoma? And it's like, oh, you know, I lo- like it out here, but I probably miss the food <laughs> in South Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. We do good. have good food. <laughs> it's probably good. <laughs> oh. Well, well, Fawn, I, I look forward to what you and, and uh, Justin have cooking up next. And uh, like I said, anything I can do to, to help, be glad to be a part of it. And a uh, l- last question I'm going to ask you is for somebody who, who decides to set a goal, who says, I want to run a hundred miles. I want to go do a FKT on a trail, or even I want to run my first marathon. What would you tell that person to encourage them? Um, well, just from a practical standpoint, um, like with training, consistency is key. Uh, you know, it really is the day in and day out and what you're, what you're doing that really makes the difference cumulatively. Um, but you know, I think it's easy for us to forget that we can all do hard things. Um, and that hard thing looks different for each of us for sometimes it's hard to make the phone call, you know, you need to make or, um, whatever the thing might be. Um, you know, we're so accustomed to comfortable living, um, 
And I think that's why a lot of us do this kind of stuff is it like really test our character and our resolve and um, who we are. So that that's the thing I think I would remind somebody is like, you can, you can do hard things. It's going to get hard. You know, it's going to be hard. That's why you signed up for it. Um, and look, if you need to cry into your cereal in the middle of it, like, <laughs> go for it, but like, keep moving, keep moving forward, you know? I love it. I love it. Well, Fawn, thanks so much for sharing and uh, we'll be in touch about future adventures. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, David. It's been fun. 